Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril with another bonus episode about the hit series, Love is Blind. And joining me today to talk about her response to the series is Anne Aret. You remember her from my podcast way back, episode 36, where she shared about dating post-divorce. Anne is a dating coach out of the UK. She also is the owner of Beauty by Anne with lotions and potions and serums that I absolutely adore. And I must get some promotional uh, stuff on the podcast for you, Anne, because I sincerely love your products. And Anne and I were able to connect in real life in the summer of 2018 in London when we co-hosted a modern dating mindset. So we kind of go way back now, girl. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Instagram, right? <laughs> yes, another Instagram connection becoming my Insta fam and my IRL bestie. Yeah, so, absolutely. Well, it's so lovely to, to talk to you to, just about all these things. I'm very excited. Yeah, well, I think it's kind of crazy that a reality TV show, which we know, of course, is somewhat fabricated in terms of all the cameras and all the editing, and we see what the producers want us to see. But be that as it may, you and I have gone back and forth on some DMs that there are really some takeaway messages that you as a dating coach and as someone who has devoted much of your life to trying to nurture and encourage and empower all of us to be the best version of ourselves in relationships such that we can have the most powerful and intimate and loving and healthy relationships possible. So when you look at this experiment, and they call it an experiment because it certainly is, what are some of the takeaways that you saw as, as a professional and then, of course, as someone who's lived some hard knocks of love along the way as well? <laughs> Well, I uh, I was just actually, as you were talking, I was just thinking back to last week this time. <clears throat> I just got back from South Africa and I just couldn't sleep. And I just, I was flicking through Netflix and I came across this. I've never heard of it before. And I was just kind of, you know, is it just what, another reality show kind of thing? And right. um, started watching and I was so hooked. I watched four episodes in a row. Because yeah. I was just completely fascinated by it all. It was just so interesting. But I think two things, really. I think, one, it's been so hugely popular because I think so many of us can see ourselves in so many of the scenarios and the dynamics that played out, um, you know, with so many uh, things it doesn't really matter which couple and what kind of dynamic, but kind of I could relate to and kind of think, oh gosh, you know, yes, I've been there. That's I've been in a similar situation, or as a minimum, I've I know somebody or I have known somebody who's been through something similar. So um, it was really, really interesting to see that all play out. But I think the thing that stood out for me, and I've actually just finished watching the reunion show as we speak. <laughs> But the one thing that stands out for me, I think, is that 
Um, and it's still the same. It's what I've always believed through my own experiences after getting divorced and various breakups and then professionally working with clients is that unless we get to that point where we realize we need to do our own work and we need to get to the root of why things haven't worked out for us or why they aren't working out for us or why we keep repeating patterns or why we keep getting stuck in the same kind of relationships or attracting the same kind of person, all these in inverted commas, obviously, Um, unless we get to that root and, and figure out our own stuff, then we tend to repeat them until we get to that point where Hopefully, finally, it's time to maybe face up to some some difficult things um, and kind of turn inward a bit. And I think for many people, kind of breakdowns, divorces, uh, broken relationships, um, for many people, that's kind of the catalyst to start doing that kind of work that you also help so many people with. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it, it is so true that what happens is we, what is the what is the quote or the saying? Wherever you go, there you are, right? So mm-hmm. the idea that if I'm not taking care of my internal relationship with myself and whatever kind of dynamics that I'm grappling with, I'm going to bring them every single time to every <laughs> single relationship. And I'll look at outward, of course, because if I'm not self-aware and if I'm not being introspective, I'll look outward and say, well, there, he did that. And wow, the next guy did it. He did that as well. And wow, the next guy, he did the same thing. And not realizing that the common denominator in all those relationships is in fact me. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's, um, it never stops. because whether you whether you together with somebody for a for a year or five years 10 years 30 years that's still something to be vigilant about something to take care of something to be aware of um because even when you do get into a relationship you still evolve as a person right so you evolve as a couple but you also evolve as individuals so it really never ever stops that kind of taking care of your insides to to make sure that you are in good shape for your relationship for yourself right. and for your partner and for for that kind of for the whole dynamic really so it's just it's just an ongoing thing it is. And linking it to the program, it occurs to me when you're talking, I'm thinking of Jessica. So I'm thinking about one thing she said that really stuck out to me. She said he that Mark was so emotionally available that mm-hmm. that was a red flag to her. Now, right there, I think, wait, how is a man being emotionally available a red flag? And she goes mm-hmm. on to say, she says, I've never seen it like this. I've never experienced it. So that's yeah. a red flag. And mm. what my mind went to was, Jessica, you have always been in dysfunctional relationships such that emotional unavailability feels normal to you. So when Mark is emotionally available, it's freaking you out. So there she is bringing her own patterns to Mark and seeing him through the lens of you are dysfunctional because you're so available to me because that was not her experience and she's more comfortable in what is her normal, which I would argue is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a very, a very good observation. I was kind of, I mean, you know, obviously everything we talk about is, like you said in the beginning, is, you know, the context of it's filmed, it's cameras, it's edited. Right. We've only seen what they wanted us to see and show right. and so on. But I really did get that sense with her, like, right from the beginning, like something is up, something is not, something is just not quite right. Something just didn't sit right with me. And I think there were so many moments that were so such big, big red flags um, that I couldn't get my head around how Mark just couldn't see that, right? (laughs) So I I was a bit, but of course, you know, it's cameras, it's a program, they needed to get to some wedding or something. But I just, I found that really quite hard to watch how that played out and how she was you know trying to kind of sabotage yeah what was happening and just looking back on it now how she actually might have been trying to protect herself just linking to what what you're saying because mm-hmm. you know this was all just really unknown to her so mm-hmm. through sabotage sabotaging it I, I think when we do sabotage things I'm talking out of my own experience as well is I think we are just trying our best to protect ourselves mm-hmm. from you know for where we are at that point in our lives or what's going on so um and then when when the story came out that um her dad abandoned her when she was very little and how that all played out. It was all of a sudden so many mm-hmm. pieces just fell into place. Everything just kind of in my mind. But, you know, of course, I look at that from my personal perspective, personal experience, personal point of view um, as well. But I, I could just all of a sudden it just started to make sense to me. But it was it was very hard to watch. Um, because, you know, on the one hand, I thought he is very emotionally available and stable, especially at such a young age, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, without stereotyping anything or anybody, but I just thought, you know, so young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I wish I had that level of maturity at 24. <laughs> I thought I did, but maybe <laughs> not. Yeah. <laughs> but then at the same time, I was thinking... Uh, how what are you not seeing here you know why are you holding on to something or seeing things that just aren't there from her from her side and trying to convince yourself that there is this incredible connection um when from the outside is quite clear that there isn't but i think you know that's real life as well Nobody even knows what goes on really, really, really behind closed doors between two people. And I think for a lot of people in relationships, only they they themselves know what go what's going on and and that dynamic. And from the outside, it might look, you know, how can this possibly work? <laughs> this is right. just how do these two people fit together? Um, but sometimes they do. But in this case, I just I found that the whole dynamic really painful to watch, actually. It was. It was. Yeah. yeah. And and I agree with you with Mark. There was an element of 
hey, brother, open up your eyes. <laughs> I mean, it's one mm-hmm. thing to be emotionally available and to be consistent and to go after what you want. And there's another point of where you almost end up looking like a chump because she's playing you, you even in the beginning in the pods. She goes, she rejects Mark, goes with Barnett, then Barnett drop, uh, rejects her. So she comes mm-hmm. back to Mark and he's willing to take her back without even a moment's hesitation. And then that sets up a, di- a power dynamic in the relationship that never mm-hmm. works well because she knew she could have him if she felt like having him and she could reject him if she wanted to. And he would come right back the minute she said, oh, I changed my mind. And sadly, their dysfunctions were locked into each other because he kept saying, I'm a man, I will go after and I will stay committed to her no matter what she gives me, which is not taking care of himself at this point. Mm -hmm. It's allowing her to be disrespectful to him and he's taking it. And we have to, he has to own the part that he's allowing in her being mean to him and disrespectful. You know, she couldn't do that if, if he stopped taking it, but he kept taking it. So there was her refusal to see him as anything but 10 years younger and going after Barnett because apparently she liked to go after the ones who were unavailable and the one who was available, Mm -hmm. she wasn't going to be excited about. And then his insistence on proving to her how mature and stable he was, which led him to continue to pursue her, even though, like you said, there were red flags waving all over the place. And we don't really know his backstory as to why that was his energy. Hers, like you said, was kind of revealed with her biological father having left her, which made me so sad. Like you said, the story that she's told herself is I'm unlovable because my biological Mm -hmm. father rejected me. And the sad part for me was that her dad, her real dad, to my mind, the man who raised her and who she she says, I call him my dad. I don't even call him my stepdad. He adopted her. He loved her. And yet I felt bad for him if he were to watch that because she's giving a lot of power still to what I would call a sperm donor, right? The person who created her into existence, but the guy who loved her and was there for her and nurtured her, all that love didn't seem, she wasn't in her mind. The story she's telling herself is that that doesn't matter because the sperm donor rejected her. And that made me really sad Mm -hmm. for her and for everyone involved there. Absolutely. I think, you know, and also that, that dynamic is, you know, I'm talking as somebody who's had a very, very difficult relationship with my own dad. Mm. You know, he was, I mean, he's, he's passed away now, but he, he was there until, uh, you know, for, until I was about 30. Um, but I, I could, so I, I cannot, I'm not like comparing situations, obviously, with what she's been through. That's, that's a completely different story. I just mean like somebody who's had a very difficult relationship with her own dad, me, And many, many clients where I've seen this dynamic play out with this difficult father-daughter relationship um, is that there's a sense of if you can convince a man who may be rejecting you or who doesn't want to be with you to be with you, there's Mm -hmm. a sense, there's almost this underlying thing of, you know, correcting that relationship in a way like yep. does that make sense I, I'm not sure I'm ex- expressing oh, myself very well no I know <laughs> that comes uh that reminds I'm me gonna of, fix yeah. this mm-hmm. dynamic you know I'm gonna even if I'm with somebody that I know in my heart is gonna is the same person as my dad which doesn't sound great but you I don't mean the same person but there's the same dynamics yes 
Um, so my dad, for example, was extremely critical and such an angry, unpredictable person. Um, I chose to be with somebody who had the same characteristics. And I think on reflection, and this is what I mean by we all have to do our own work because it's very, very unique to us. You know, yes. our own relationship patterns, obviously, is I I know now that there was a huge part of me subconsciously, unconsciously, whatever, that wanted I was going to make this relationship work even though I shouldn't have been in it because I wanted to, through that relationship, fix what I couldn't have yep. with my dad. You know, I was going <laughs> to... I was going to get it right this time. Um, and and that's how it played out. Of course, that relationship didn't work out. Um, and, it, you know, there's a lot of trauma and pain and heartache in the process. But also, looking back, um, I probably wouldn't change much about it because it's brought me to where I am now. And I could, in the end, um, figure that out for myself and do the work that I needed to do to, mm -hmm. to heal that part of me. Yeah. In family systems, we talk about the recapitulation of family of origin issues. And it's exactly what you explained there. It's mm -hmm. this, and it, it's, it's out of our awareness, but we find ourselves attracted to people who provide us with the space and opportunity to try to, in our minds, again, we're not consciously aware of this, but we want to, if I can get it right with this guy in my adult life, it will then somehow correct or fix or repair what wasn't right with that, in, in this case, with my father. And it's futile and it keeps us chasing. And it's the sad part to me is that the child had no power in the, in the family of origin because children don't. So the child was victimized in a sense with, like you were talking about, a critical, cold, uh, unpredictable dynamic with mm -hmm. her father. And then she, once she has the choice of which relationships to choose, sadly, because that dynamic is still at work in her psyche and in her, in her subconscious, mm -hmm. she's going to then choose when she has the power in adulthood, at least theoretically, to choose a different, healthier pattern. She goes and chooses that pattern that feels so comfortable with mm -hmm. this, again, unwittingly unaware of this desire to fix it. So the impulse is very healthy, right? It's The impulse is, I got to get it right now that I can as an adult. And yet it just puts us in such a space of being re-traumatized, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, such a key thing that you just said, because for so many years, I, uh, um, I thought there was something really wrong with me because, you know, I made these choices <laughs> and I, and I, um, uh, got into these patterns and all these kinds of things. And I didn't really understand how much of this was up, um, actually subconsciously at work. Right. I just, I wish I, I wish I understood that so much earlier in my life that, um, so many of our habits and patterns and and choices and behaviors, you know, are, what is it, over 90% subconscious. Mm -hmm. And I just wish, wish, wish I understood that much, much earlier on mm -hmm. <laughs> and didn't wait, you know, until after a divorce in my mid-30s to really get my head round um, that it was very, very deep, deeply rooted. You know, it just, and I think it, it didn't take any 
responsibility away from me because it was my responsibility to work through it and all of that. But it's it it certainly um, just gave me a sense of freedom and maybe a little bit of like, oh, thank goodness, you know, it's not all in my own head that I'm yeah. I keep messing this up. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's, <laughs> there's more to it <sighs> than this. But I think. Like like you said, we can wish that we would have that awareness, but oftentimes it is through relationships that we gain that awareness, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know that we can fast track that as much as we would like to at 18, get it all sorted out so that we can embark upon any adult relationship with that awareness and that knowledge. It, that's just not how life works. So, mm-hmm. which is another reason that a lot of times people that we interact with, they feel that there's all these games that are, people are playing in the dating r- world. And I don't know that people are consciously trying to play games. I would say the vast majority of people are not. It's just that they are working out their internal dynamics through their relationships. Mm-hmm. And sadly, people get hurt along the way. And it's, I don't I don't think people are really, I think the number of people who are evil and out there trying to manipulate and break hearts <laughs> at will, I don't think that there's that many people who have that intention. It's just that one of the reasons that we see that research shows that the older we are when we get married, the less likely we are to divorce, I think is because we've worked through some of those <laughs> dynamics in these earlier relationships, our high school sweetheart, our college sweetheart, and maybe yeah. a couple adult relationships after that, which gives us the ability to then come to that, what we hope would be the one for forever with some of those dynamics already worked out. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when you do that work, so when you say, for example, you go through a breakup or, you, you know, you're single, or you come out of a divorce and you're kind of, okay, you're going to invest in yourself. You're going to take time out. You're going to just be by yourself. You're going to, whatever the work is that you're going to do, you're going to yeah. do it. And then you get to a point where you, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to get back out there. I'm going to start dating again, meeting people and so on. And then like you just said, you 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 still go into a different dynamic with another human being, and all of that gets put gets put to the test again. Mm-hmm. And that's a really interesting time, I think, to then see um, how that plays out. You know, I think that's uh, <laughs> certainly when I I thought I was ready, and then when I met somebody. Um, who is now my angel husband? Um, I'm <laughs> ten years on, but oh my goodness! I, th- you know, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting because it, it's just, the, I mean, it's such a unique thing—a dynamic with another person. You're your own little universe, your own little planet. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. goes on between you two? There's nothing can replicate that. So it's just when you bring two people together, especially two people who've maybe been through divorces, two people who've been through their own traumas. Um, yeah, it's all very fascinating and interesting. So, but I, I hope that for. Jessica specifically, that um, that this whole experience has hopefully triggered something inside her to help her heal and, um, you know, I hope for all of them that it really works out well for them in life. But I don't know, just especially for her, I just, yeah, she, <laughs> I just really wanted to, yeah, just be happy. She tugs at the heartstrings for sure. And to the extent that this, that what we saw was mm-hmm. that there was some reality to it. I mean, real reality, not reality TV reality, but yeah, yeah. I mean, this, we talked about 
the inability typically to have the awareness. Well, wow, to watch yourself and watch yourself in relationship with someone, to literally view that on a screen. I mean, I think the act of watching the show could be very therapeutic for her to see these dynamics play out to the extent, again, that we saw what was really going on. But I I think Mm -hmm. it could be a wonderful opportunity for her to have more clarity and move forward stepping into a little bit stronger place of coming from health and more more healing for herself so that she can bring a, a, a healthier version of Jessica to her next relationship. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, uh, yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> what do you think about this piece, uh, this kind of theme of working on our own stuff so that we don't bring it to the the, the parts that are are dysfunctional or pathological or things that we need to work on, which is not mm. shaming anyone because we all have them. We're human and we, we, no one leaves childhood unscathed. We all have our baggage we work on. Who else do you see as maybe needing to, or through this process was able to bring some of that to the surface? Oh, oh gosh. I think the first, well, the, as you were talking, the person that popped into my head in this instance would be, Janina? Yeah, Giannini or Giannina. Giannina, Giannina. I think he calls her G. I'm going to stick with G. (laughs) Okay. Um, Interesting because I think, you know, she's, um, we all mature at different stages in our lives because of experiences and all these kinds of things. But it's also, um, I think she's in her mid 20s. Having been through this experience and and having Damien say no um, right. on the day, that must have been incredibly hard. I, I can't mm-hmm. imagine. I can't imagine. Um, even though you know this is not like a five year engagement and have been together for ages, it's, it's still it still must have been pretty awful um but I actually thought in the moment he did the right thing I thought I thought because you know again as I was watching that dynamic I remember I kept saying to Neil my husband I was just like please please don't get married please don't get married (laughs) no 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 um and then yeah so they didn't so according to the reunion show they are still together so I think that's certainly given her and both of them as individuals and now as a couple because they're still together according to the show, um, definitely the opportunity to see the things that really showed up between them. But, um, you know, as I was watching, it, I just really, really had a sense that it's definitely not ready for a committed relationship whatsoever. Um, uh. that's ju- that was just my sense as I was watching. I, I found I found their dynamic very hard to watch as well. Definitely mm-hmm. second hardest after Jessica and Mark, yeah. but the close second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was. Uh, she had some highs and lows. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Because the, the highs are very high and the lows oh. are very low. And, yeah. Um, I think, you know, maybe I'm, I'm just too old now <laughs> in my <laughs> to, to deal with that kind of inconsistency. Um, I just, I like things fairly, not boring, but you mm-hmm. know, I like mm-hmm. things level. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. I feel I've worked hard in my life 
you know, relationship-wise to get things to a place where um, I know where things stand and it doesn't mean there aren't ups and downs, but I mean like there's ups and downs, but then you go, you get massive highs, massive lows and right. anything in between. And I just, I find that very unsettling. Um, so, and she was yeah. very comfortable with that. And she explained to him that her family, they scream and that, that's what, that was yeah. normal to her. And, and even yeah. I remember on the, on the boat in Cancun, it was interesting because I was watching with Dan. I got him hooked in <laughs> too. Yeah. <laughs> and, they were sunning themselves on the front of the boat, and it was the first time you saw some major conflict, I think, because up until mm-hmm. then it had been, oh, it was just hot and sexy. But on the boat, she started asking him, what are you thinking? What's going on in your head? And he wasn't giving her a whole lot. And it was mm-hmm. interesting because uh, then she kind of picked a fight. She said, well, you know, you're not even telling me you're shutting me out. And because mm-hmm. he was like, I've got some stress on my mind with work and family stuff. And that was all he gave her. And it was interesting because I would – I looked at Dan and I said, gosh, she just made a thing out of something that didn't need to be a thing. If some guy says to me, hey, I just, you know, this is enough. I don't really want to talk about it, but you know, I got some stuff in my mind, but right now I'm just trying to be in the moment on this boat. Right. And that's what he was kind of saying. With you. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Exactly. Let's just be in this this present moment. I want to be on my own. I just want to be in this moment with you. Yeah. Right, he yeah. wasn't yeah. he wasn't yeah. pulling away, but she saw it as yeah. that. But then it was funny because Dan said to me, "Yeah, but she's trying to get close to him." And he says, "I've got some things on my mind about work, and I've got some things on my mind about my family." And then that's all he's giving her. So it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Dan took her side of things, going, "He should have given her more because she's feeling that he's not sharing and being vulnerable with her." And I was the one taking his side, like, "Let's just be happy. We're on a boat, kid." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I actually I actually thought, you know, gosh, you don't you don't know what happens behind the scenes, but I just I you know, these things happen in little steps, don't they? Yeah. It's 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 uh, so uh, I I'm with you. <laughs> I would have <laughs> because I think if she didn't make a thing, he would have opened up. Mm-hmm. I think if she mm. This is in in my experience anyway. Um, you know, it's just if she didn't make an argument out of it and didn't push him and didn't and just kind of stayed with him in the moment and maybe kind of just gently approached it as opposed to a bit of a harsh approach. I felt. Yeah. I think. I think he would have opened up, and and I think they. The, the whole thing would have been very different and I think they could have had a beautiful day on the boat and gotten yeah. even closer. But just if there was a teeny bit of just, okay, I'm not going to push this. I'm just going to um, hold back just a teeny little bit because I think I think that's often the payoff, you know. It's like, it's okay. I'm in the moment. I'm here for you. And then all of a sudden somebody opens up because they feel safe. And yeah. I don't think he felt very safe in that moment. And we all mm-hmm. want to feel safe. I mean, you know, this is not a one-sided, one-sided mm-hmm. thing. But when we're in a moment where we feel we feel a bit vulnerable, and somebody makes an argument out of it, mm-hmm. we're going to close up, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder yeah. if she wasn't feeling safe because she was trying to gather information and connect mm-hmm. with him. Like, oh, you've got something on your mind. Share it with me so I can be supportive. Yeah. And when he didn't I don't want to feel shut out. Yeah. Right. So then yeah. she wasn't feeling safe because mm-hmm. am, I'm going to get get married this man. And he won't even tell me what's on his mind. Yeah. It's interesting. They were kind of missing each other in that moment. Yeah. But I think, you know, that comes with, with when you're together longer, when you 
we all have our, have our ways of communicating and um, how we <laughs> I just that's just getting to know each other, isn't it? Yeah. I it mean, is. it's not surprising that something like that happens. No. I mean, Neil and I, 10 years later, we still have these misunderstandings and miscommunications. And it's so often where we both try to do what's best for the, for the other and we're both trying to be like overly considerate and then basically we just end up annoying each other because it's like, <laughs> what's going on? Just stop it. Um, so I just, but I think you just kind of learn those things about each other and I think that's when you have time to get to know each other really, that's when you can learn to tap into those moments but I think you have to want to if you're in a situation where you want to sabotage something you want arguments you want out even if it's subconsciously even if your mouth says I want to be here you know I'm committed to you but subconsciously deep down you know (laughs) that's not true Mm -hmm. you're going to find those moments and sabotage those moments and you're going to create arguments and issues out of things Mm -hmm. too because you're going to look for evidence as to why you shouldn't be there Mm -hmm. why you shouldn't be together um i'm not saying that's exactly what happened there but that's you know it's one interpretation of a scenario Mm -hmm. like that well and i think and it'll be interesting to see as they continue on if they do maybe in six months they give us another Mm -hmm. reunion to see how folks are doing because yeah. they are two very different people. So I think about just stylistic differences. She is volatile. She likes those highs and lows. He seems like a pretty even keeled dude. He wants to keep mm. things more within a, 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 a smaller range of ups and downs, I think. So it's interesting. Now, sometimes those opposites can attract, but the research that yeah. I'm familiar with, and I'm sure you are as well, looks at couples, the values that they have that are the same the mm-hmm. ways of doing life, of interacting uh, with each other, with themselves, with other people in their community and their family, when we have those similarities, it just makes life easier because there's that common ground of, well, yeah, of course we're going to do it this way. And so yep. I think they have some unique challenges ahead. I'm not saying can't work, but they definitely yep. will have some unique challenges. I agree. I agree. Definitely. And also, you know, as I was sitting there and I was, you know, I was watching them and I was like I said, I said to Neil, oh, don't get married, don't get married. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I just thought, oh, gosh, I grew up in such a volatile um, situation myself, you know, between there was so much fighting and arguing and stuff. So I was already thinking ahead of the two yeah. of them having, a, having children. It was like yeah. these um, explosions, um, which is, is so scary and so unpredictable. And I just thought, oh, but, you know, I I, I think – when you're with somebody who makes you feel the way you want to feel, mm-hmm. then I think we are all capable of ad- adjusting. I won't say changing per se ourselves mm-hmm. because you know I don't I don't believe in like complain com- changing who you are to be with right. somebody, but I think we can all learn to adjust to to make our dynamic work you know i mean for example if you're in a in an argument situation and my way of arguing is to 
leave the room because I need space to process that because I can't simply, I can't simply just, I cannot deal with a conflict in the moment. I just need a bit of time and a bit of space away with somebody else. They insist on sorting it out in the moment and screaming and shouting and want to get it all out and sorting it out right there. Well, if you, if both of you insist on doing that always and forever, you know, there's always going to be that tension in that conflict. But if, if the person who insists on sorting it out in the moment maybe realizes, well, okay, actually, my partner just needs a bit of time to process this, but we are going to sort it out. So it's going to get sorted. And the person who needs a bit of time is maybe not going to take two days. They're just going to say, I just need a bit of time out. Let's come back in half an hour or whatever. We're going to talk about it. Then, you know, that's what I mean by just adjusting to each other's way of doing. Mm -hmm. I don't think Mm -hmm. you need to fundamentally change who you are as a person. But, um, yeah, let's see. I mean, we'll see. I I was surprised when I saw that they were still together. But um, good for them if it works. Yeah. And, and of course, yeah, just the – the fast track of the timeline that was put in place by the show obviously didn't really permit. It was too fast and it it didn't really permit anyone to have a normal progression. And yeah. So to the extent that, that, so for example, Cameron and Lauren, for them to actually, I think everyone agrees, they felt like the strongest couple and Mm. for them to be able to move that quickly that says mm-hmm. a lot too in this kind of atypical, yeah. really. I think a part of that was also, you know, let's there's a huge amount of um the role that timing plays as well, I think, in our lives. Because I think they were both ready at mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that particular moment in time to do this. And mm-hmm. even though she clearly had reservations about giving up her independence and, you know. But yeah. I've been married for 10 years and I still have reservations about giving up my independence. <laughs> so, you know, um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think timing was on their side as well in terms of where they are in their lives and exactly what they wanted, really wanted the next step to be. Um, but I, when I saw him, the way he was with Lauren, he reminded me a bit of how Neil was with me because he just from the moment he met me he was just this is it he didn't look left or right mm-hmm. he didn't budge he didn't move and I still you know I had about three four years in the beginning of our relationship of still being really wobbly because I you know I was still dealing with coming out of a, a very difficult relationship divorce all these kinds of things yeah. and he was just nope I'm here I'm not going anywhere. I want you. This is it. Done. Literally from day one. And for me, it was a slower journey, but he was so solid and so um, consistent. I mean, I thought he was amazing the first day I met him as well. I just, it just took me longer. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, I think it can happen. I think it's the way it's happened with him. Um, I think love at first sight is possible. It's rare. (laughs) (laughs) But there are clearly people who have been together for years and years. 
Um, so I really, I really wish them all the best. I really hope it works out for them. I know. I know. And it's interesting because she was ready, as you said, there's a timing element and she was definitely ready to try to make some adjustments in terms of her, she, cause she said she's never been with a white guy before. And she had said that mm. no one had ever been that constant with her and that available. And mm. unlike Jessica, she didn't see that as a red flag, right? She saw that as like, whoa, this is different and it feels good. It feels safe. Yeah. And yeah. so I should pursue this. Whereas, so it seems like she was ready as we've been speaking to throughout the episode, she was ready to take those dynamics that had been in place with prior relationships and go, yeah, and those weren't working. So mm-hmm. this feels different. And that's probably a really good thing instead yeah. of letting that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. different feeling scare yeah. her. Yeah. So that was kind of exciting to see because she did. She mm-hmm. said that a couple of times. That there's, no one's ever been that constant and that that steady with her. And yeah. then, and he was so constant. I mean, he was just the epitome of just consistency. And yeah. I've I've loved you since before I laid eyes on you, <laughs> and mm-hmm. certainly once I laid eyes on you. And I, yeah. And she kept saying, "Well, yeah. you don't have any No. I just want to, I want you to move into this house. I want you to be my wife. I'm ready to have children with you. I mean, it was very for him just, but I can also see that coming, that him being so sure so Mm. early could have freaked me out. (laughs) I think I'd be like, well, dude, you you barely know me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I had that with Neil. I was like, what what are you doing? You know, I've got, I've got, stuff going on (laughs) my life is really messy and he's just like that's okay I'm gonna be here while you sort it out and I'm gonna be here after you've sorted it out and you know that's that's it but it was also I think if I met him two three years earlier probably you know he was ready at that point Mm -hmm. to to commit to somebody and his life was in a stable place in a settled place and you know I yeah I came along um so yeah this there is definitely I think timing is 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 a yeah. crucial factor but I like that they didn't play down there because you know that quite a few times they she was very unsure about giving up her own place and her independence mm-hmm. and stuff and I wasn't a hundred percent convinced about her when she walked up the mm-hmm. aisle in her wedding dress. Yeah. I was 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if she said no, I could have, I would have like, oh, yeah, I, I get that. But um, I'm glad she didn't. I think they make a beautiful couple. So I know. Well, even her mom, it was funny how initially we were worried more about her dad being able to accept Cameron and the, and the situation. Mm-hmm. And then late, even the, the day of the wedding, her mom said something like, well, you know, Lauren, she... She can just do something just to try it. I mean, I don't think her mom, no. <laughs> but it seemed like, and dad was tearing up during the ceremony. So it seemed like dad was more ready to go. Oh, I, I, I feel the emotions that I want to feel yeah. when I see my daughter with her future husband. I, I, I can imagine dad being more like, let's make this happen. Cause I, I yeah, I'm yeah. feeling good about it now. So yeah. that was kind of fun to see that and to get a glimpse into her parents and that sort of thing. That was neat. Who else should we break down based on uh, our theme <laughs> of, of sorting out our own stuff? Because otherwise, mm. we're gonna we're gonna bring it to every relationship. I mean, I'm thinking about Kenny and Kelly, and wondering has mm. Kenny been friend zoned before? Was this a repetition of something that he's experienced before? We don't know enough about his background. They didn't really give us that, and mm. we do know that 
And, and so with Kelly, of course, the big question is, is she repeating her pattern that hasn't worked in the past of maybe, mm-hmm. again, Kenny was very available, right? The guys in this in this whole series were pretty available yeah, for the most right? part. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It seems like the women yeah. were the ones with the more yeah. <laughs> kind of touch and go. Well, yeah. But, and again, we don't really know enough about their mm-hmm. backstory necessarily. Yeah. I don't think the the point at which you decide to have sex, you know, that's a very personal decision. But I think that was that was um kind of a I don't know if it was a red flag for me when Kelly wasn't that interested. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but I was just like I was thinking, you know, absolutely you you that's not a decision that anybody should force on you and you do it when you're right and stuff and so on and so on. But yeah, I, I actually, I would like to know more about what's, yeah. uh, you mm-hmm. know, what, what's happening. Cause she's still single um, after the reunion show. She's still single. She's, um, she's really focused on her career and she's made some changes and stuff like that on there. So she's doing well. And he said he's happier than ever because he's dating somebody that he's mm. extremely happy with. Mm. And he said he's very grateful for the program and the experiment because it's kind of given him, you know, gotten him to the point where he's now dating this this person that he is so, so happy with. So I'm very, very glad that yeah. things have worked out for him. Yeah, and there's their story, there's room for an interpretation of it just wasn't a fit. It just wasn't Yeah. You know, I spoke on the very first episode I did, I talked about uh, when I gave my first response to this program, I talked about scent and the research that shows that part of our attraction is absolutely out of our awareness and it has to do with our body scent that is attracted or not to someone. And so wow. in the pods, they didn't have the opportunity to let that part of their physiology yeah. work its yeah. way into their psyche for the attraction piece and yeah. maybe she fell in love with everything about him but just didn't have that excitement for yeah. him on that romantic uh sexual chemistry level and yeah. it's funny cuz when it, throughout the program because he was so and I, he was so kind and so respectful of her decision that she didn't want to have sex and he was just being such a stand up guy and you saw no effort to pressure her, which is, I mean, uh, he was just being a gentleman in every sense. And yeah. so I kept liking him more and more and more. And I thought, oh, shoot, she's, because <laughs> near the end, they they reveal that she feels she's, he's just a buddy. So um, yeah. I am happy to know that he is now with someone that he is excited yeah. about and he's excited about mm-hmm. him. Yeah. I, I thought the way he handled the whole, you know, when she said no and he stood up at the yeah. altar and, and just. Oh. That yeah. speech that he gave, I thought that was um, that's a, a big man who, who yeah. can do that. Yeah, yeah, I thought oh, that for was sure. amazing. So, yeah, interesting that. But you know, I it it could just you know it could be some sort of like I don't I'm not sure what the, the word pathology is much too strong. I think yeah, that's not, not yeah. quite that. Or it could just be as simple as. But, you know, the physical, is it, it's just wasn't there. Right. And that's fine. Yeah. It's just not always going to happen. It's just not always going to happen. It doesn't always have to be there in the first instant, I think. I think uh, yeah. it certainly can develop over time. Um, I, I certainly know of people and friends who, you know, were friends for a long time without any 
sexual relationship and then they got involved and things happened from there. Yeah, and they definitely had enough time that if it was going to develop, I think it would have, especially yeah. with his character being so wonderful and his yeah. personality being so great and they laughed together. I think if yeah. there was room for that to develop, it would have happened. Yeah, yeah, they certainly seemed like the second most solid, or one of the two most solid couples I thought of aside from Lauren and, and Cameron. They yeah, at least in the beginning. Solid. I didn't yeah. have any reservations about them at all. I thought, oh, they're just no. going to be no drama and they're just going to skate into yeah. <laughs> happily ever after land. And then, mm-hmm. oops, new. No. But I well, was what about- surprised that, um, is it Amber and Barnett? Yes. They're still married. And um, I wasn't surprised that they got married on the day, but I was a, I was a teeny bit surprised that they were still married. But, yeah. you know, which is great, which is great. And But she was saying tonight in the reunion show that they have had some really tricky moments and they've had to learn to manage those as you do obviously yeah. <laughs> um but yeah I was that was kind of a nice surprise to see that they are actually still together um I don't know yeah. I can't put my finger on it why I think thought they wouldn't make it I just I just didn't really think they would <laughs> But they did. And here they are. You know, let's see what happens over the next five, 10 years or whatever. Yeah. And again, it could have been the editing that the producers wanted us to have a a snapshot of their relationship. And there were maybe some more stronger moments of common ground where we see a lot throughout their dating and their engagement where she spent all this money and racked up a credit card bill for makeup. And then she wanted a dress that was more expensive. And I just want to be a stay at home mom. So there was a piece where you thought, mm. huh, would, does she just want a meal ticket? I mean, not really thinking of her as a gold digger necessarily, but you def- definitely thought, huh, is he mm. going to go for that? <laughs> and she yeah, kept. That didn't come across well, I have to say. Yeah. I wondered why, you know, what the point they, was, they were trying to make with that edit. But yeah, right. that, that storyline was uh, interesting. Hmm. <laughs> right, and they certainly had they certainly had chemistry. There was no question there. That seemed yeah. very apparent. Yeah. But he, when she would ask him questions, which I I think were a bit premature. But again, everything was on such an accelerated pace with the program. She was saying things at one point like, "Well, what if it comes down to me or your family? Who are you going to choose?" And those kinds of putting him on the spot. And he didn't always respond all that well, although we did see him being very sure of her when Jessica approached him those couple times, trying Mm. to see if there was any wiggle room. (laughs) Yeah, And uh, he was, I'm engaged and I'm happy. And he shut down those conversations. So there we saw a glimpse of, wait, he can be very true. And he does seem in that moment anyway, very solid with his choice of Amber. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that was a, that was a good uh, indication of that. But yeah, I uh, it was I was more thinking about how are they going to make their lives work. Yeah, of which the whole money side was yeah. part of the conversation, and I think also the way that they edited that first family visit, I thought made his family kind of look like as if they were kind of looking down on her, which mm-hmm. I thought was a bit mean. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if it was true or that's just the way they edited or Mm -hmm. something but I um, yeah I didn't quite like how they edited that bit to be honest Mm -hmm. 
but they're still together. So, you know, in yeah. some way they must have obviously figured out the family dynamics and things and yeah, but she was well, both of them were quite open that they were that there has been some have been some tricky sorry, you can hear my first language is not English. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Yeah, mixing up my tenses. Oh. Um, yeah, so anyways, but they seem okay now. Well, Anne, I want to thank you again for joining me to hash oh. out all this juicy goodness. And it's um, so fun. <laughs> it is so fun. And I, I just can't even believe how big this show is getting, but I think it's because there's so many elements that we can lock into and and dish on and and really analyze. Not to be critical, of course, because gosh, they are pretty strong people to put their lives out there oh, to the extent that, that I think yeah. there were some real emotions for sure. I don't, I don't, don't think they can manufacture all those tears, but really just for all of us to, to the extent that many of us, like you said earlier in the program, we, we, can, we can really resonate with so many of these dynamics because we've been there, we've felt that. And uh, just to kind of wrap up, just going back to the theme, the underlying theme of, of the program today, you know, you talked about this figuring out your own stuff to make that always part of your work, which is your self introspection. And whether it's through listening to podcasts, reading self-help books, going to therapy, working with a coach, but all of that work will pay off not only for yourself personally, but for all your relationships. And you had a beautiful roomy quote that I think is a really great way to kind of wrap things up today. <laughs> yes, this is my favorite quote when it comes to this kind of stuff. Before I say it, I just want to quickly say, I thought what was so great about the show, and I just literally thought of it, is that so many of these reality shows are so fast and it's quick, you know, like Married at First Sight, like right here, right now. And I, I really like that this all happened about 18 months ago. And that the the show only just came out now and the reunion show is now. And it just gives it a sense of reality in a way. Mm, Excuse mm -hmm. the pun for the reality TV. <laughs> but it's like, you know, they've they've now gotten on with their lives for about 18 months. I that's what I understand anyway. Okay. And it's given people time to settle into their relationship. So when when you see the re, the reunion show tonight. It just gives it a sense of that they've gotten on with their lives away from the spotlight, away from the cameras. And it just feels a bit more real, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, just a thought. <laughs> <laughs> so my qu the quote is, your task is not to seek love, but to break down the barriers that you've built against love. And that kind of just summarizes, I think, that path of you know, just keep doing the work. Yeah, because it pays off. It yeah. does pay off. And I don't know if you if you maybe feel the same sometimes, but I can certainly feel like when there are times of disconnect and misunderstanding and conflict and things between Neil and I, it's very, very often um, times when... Um, especially when it when I feel it's coming from my side, it's times when I've kind of stopped taking care of myself in a way, or I've um, become less aware of what's going on for me, what's important to me, or my priorities, or you know, less time in terms of taking care of myself, or just 
even something as simple as less time like working out or mm-hmm. you know just if I don't take good care of myself then I feel that impacts on our relationship and vice mm. versa and it's so well put Mm-hmm. And so that's always, always important. It's not, it doesn't always mean like, you know, do the heavy lifting and resolving trauma and right. <laughs> all these <Right>. kinds of things. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I still yeah. have things that pop up for me. I, I do um, because life happens, you know, yeah. you just deal with things as they come up. But it's it doesn't always mean the heavy hard stuff. It also just means taking care of yourself on a, on a day-to-day basis, like health mm-hmm. and wellness and fitness and all these things impact us and our relationships. And I think it's just very wise to be mindful of that always. Yeah, I put it in a quote that came to my mind. I don't know. I hope I didn't steal it from somebody, but <laughs> I thought it was something that I came up with I, I, on Instagram a couple <laughs> months ago. I said, the best thing I can do for you is be good to me. Oh. That sounds like you. <laughs> I hope it's me if I'm running around plagiarizing. <laughs> you. <laughs> you know how I feel about plagiarism. It drives me crazy. Oh, so I hope I can accidentally. <laughs> I love it. Thank I you. Love yeah. it. I love yeah. it. No, that's that's so you. That's pretty much a Dr. Karen thing to say. <laughs> well, Annie, thanks again so much. This has been a real treat. So oh, thanks. thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. And thanks to your listeners as well. Lots of love. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson-Abril.